0: Welcome back, everyone, to another Weekly Slab. This is number 12. Uh, really happy for you all to be here. Nate's here again, obviously. And uh, we've got some good topics today. We are going to be starting by talking about um, the non-four big sports and the markets in 2022, because in 2021, we saw a lot of these markets. They were the highest-performing markets of the entire year, um, way bigger than basketball. Obviously, like there's a high-end segment of basketball that did really well, but majority of basketball did not. In 2021, um, baseball had a very solid 2021. Well, I will say that. I don't mean to take away from baseball did. And football That's did right. with Burrow at the very right.
1: You don't mean to take away.
0: <laughs> I, I don't at all. Uh, you know, soccer started super hot, kind of died down. Football started slow, sped up with the playoffs coming. So, but 2021, really all these things exploded and kind of kept going. There's really no turndown for a lot of these different categories. So, we were talking about everything outside of basketball, baseball, football, and soccer. Um, and if you are fans of all those four things, um, I would suggest not just like turning off the episode right now. I mean, I get if you don't want to listen to us talk about, you know, Marvel or Formula One or hockey or uh, MetaZoo or Pokemon, whatever. Um, but really, in essence, this is just a more so a market discussion than a like, let's break down this Pokemon set because we're not going to be doing that. It's talking about sales data how many cards are selling, you know, in certain ranges, how many cards are going for over $10,000 and trying to get a read on where are these markets heading, which ones are maybe the most important and will they sustain in 2022? Cause I think, and Nate thinks it's a very valuable topic because I don't think that all these can sustain in
1: 2022.
0: How is that possible? Nate?
1: It's, it's not, especially when you're looking at something like FLIR, you know, retro Marvel, uh, gigantic, gigantic, hundred plus thousand dollar prices. Uh, left and right here well not left and right but a number of them um yeah i just don't think the i don't think the demand keeps up
0: Yep, yeah, i agree with that so we'll, we'll jump into that um and then we are also going to see what type of time we have left but we'll definitely do a flip quest 2022 segment talking about what we're going to be selling because we will try to use some of those funds hopefully buy some more things to build the collection further as well but for now let's just hop right in nate let's start talking about what you did and how um, to figure out this kind of discussion around these alternate cards, as I'll call them. I know it's hockey's in here too, but let's be real hockey doesn't really share the the top four spotlight with the other sports.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's going to be hockey. There's going to be hockey fans that are offended that I would add them in here, but you know, you look at the numbers and they're just not, they're not with basketball, baseball, football and soccer at, so they get, they get thrown in. But anyways, we're about to go through a lot of numbers and we'll have ranges, um, Amount of cards sold 10,000 plus, amount of cards sold a thousand to nine hundred ninety nine dollars. Now, we used card ladder sales history tool. Um, a couple things about that it's nice, you can type in things, you can minus out things to get the cards you're kind of looking for. Um, but you know, there's an extent to the uh abilities it has currently, I think it will continue to improve as card ladder continues to improve because they're already great. And I, as any good company, they will get better because that's what good companies do, and they're a good company. Um, but for for our purposes, I had to look something up on the sales history, minus out whatever I didn't want, and then count. Um, I did my best to not count things that didn't deserve to be counted. So, like if I'm looking at Fleer Retro Marvel PMGs, you know, I looked up Fleer Retro. And then I just counted the Marvel PMGs. Um, there were basketball PMGs. I made sure not to count. There were Jambalaya uh, Marvel cards. I've tried, you know, made sure not to count. If we're looking at um, UFC or hockey or anything like that, you know, when I'm looking up UFC, I looked up UFC because most people will put UFC in their Prism or Tops cards. Um, if they didn't, it was going to be really hard for me to find it anyway. So those numbers wouldn't be in here. Same thing with WWE. Same thing with Formula One, F1. Like if they just did tops and wrote the pl- dude's name and tops and didn't put Formula One or F1, you know, I wasn't gonna find it. And then uh, one other thing for hockey, just so you guys know, I looked up Young Guns. Um, there's a you can't really just put hockey or NHL in your uh, description. There's going to be a ton of things that pop up otherwise. So we chose one segment of hockey, which was the Young Guns segment. Aaron actually added in the cup. And uh, what's the other one, Aaron?
0: Future Watch. So I did that for $10,000 plus cards. So it would take me too long to go and count all the $1,000 plus ones. But at least we can get a read for $10,000 plus ones. Because those are generally the higher-end hockey cards outside of it. if There's like a Young Guns parallel. The exclusives out of 100 or the high gloss out of 10. But there's not many parallels at all, at all with Young Guns. Um, which is why they, they do sell so strong as a, as a base rookie card, quote-unquote, because um, there is, like, no parallels. But um, that's where we're at. And uh, I just want to shout out really quick that, you know, to do all this sales history stuff, um, you do have to have Car Letter Pro, which there is a seven-day free trial sign-up. If you do uh, want to try it out, I find it extremely valuable. Uh, we're going to see maybe if we can get a little thing that says, like, the mob uh, total data points that returns here in this certain time range because we are looking at just 2022, by the way. We really didn't say that. We said we're going to talk about we said we're gonna. You did?
1: I did not. I oh, should not
0: okay. Yeah, yeah. We said we're gonna talk about what the implications are for twenty twenty two, but for the sales data, it's only going to be on twenty twenty two and the car, the sales that have happened so far in this year. Um, but Nate, you want to jump right into it and we can just start talking about what we got here and which cards they are and everything.
1: Yeah. What do you want to start with? Non sport or sport?
0: I say let's start with the sports, and we can do like hockey, UFC, Formula One, and you could kind of put WWE between the two. <laughs> Yeah, so two, I just to be super offended by that. I, just I literally
1: just grabbed WWE as a fun little like it's, I want it's,
0: it's a real market though. It's a real yeah. market. I see people are huge fans of it, obviously.
1: So uh so for the hockey market, um a little update for you guys for this is young guns, the cup, and future watch specific, ten thousand dollar plus. There are a grand total of twenty six cards, three young junk three, three young three young guns. $10,000 plus and 23 the cup and future watch $10,000 plus cards. Um so Nate, you... total... sorry, I did not mean to interrupt you there. Go ahead. You're good. You're good. That is a big leap. 20 20 uh leap of 20 for the uh, future watch and um cup uh 10,000 plus cards. Pretty impressive. Um but a huge amount and then for young guns 1,000 to 999 9,999 dollars um, there was 277 total young guns, which is actually impressive because the rest of the numbers we go through is like an entire sector. And for hockey, this is just one singular type of card in upper duck young guns. So the 277 is actually pretty stinking uh, respectable.
0: Yeah, the thing that I think about um, with this is like in UFC, For there to be a $1,000 plus UFC card, it generally has to be numbered or like an autograph of one of the best. But in hockey, you get young guns, which like I said, they're technically like base rookie cards. Now, they're not easy to like pull necessarily, but they're more plentiful than a numbered of 100 card. And they sell frequently for like McDavid, Ovechkin, um, Austin Matthews, a lot of those other guys too like them. And those all sell for over $1,000 easily. And then they mm-hmm. sell in all different grades. So, like, to get that, it makes sense why it's like that. But um, it does really point out, like, out of all of these, the most stable market, I'd say, is going to be hockey. And we can we can talk about that more later. But, Nate, once you go through the different the categories and the different ranges and how many sales happen, I'm going to call out the most expensive card from that category, if that's okay, just so we keep yeah. them all in the same amount. So, for hockey, the most expensive card um, that was sold was a – the cup exquisite. So with hockey, they put the exquisite cards into the cup set and it was an exquisite Conor McDavid uh, patch autograph numbered out of 97 PSA 10 with the 10 autograph that just sold for 144,000 last weekend through the PWCC Premier auction. That's a pop one of six and that's the most expensive Conor McDavid card ever sold, which topped over with the uh, McDavid, the actual, the cup RPA, which is like the Holy Grail of hockey uh, for modern players. And that one, it the next time it sells, it's for sure going to blow away um, this exquisite one because they are so much more sought after than the actual exquisite patch which doesn't really resonate for basketball people because there is, like, no the cup in uh, basketball. But it is basically, like, the exquisite uh, vibe or, like, the perception. Okay. And the most expensive young guns, I should point out, um, that Nate was able to pull from Carlair was a $15,000 McDavid foil PSA 10. Uh, if there's an exclusives that pops up, which I think there might have been a McDavid at some point, um, that will definitely outsell that.
1: Yeah. And it should be mentioned again, just in case people forgot, this is not all time sales. This is January 1st, 2022 through January 23rd or February 23rd, 2022, or partial way through February 23rd, <laughs> 2022. Um, wow. So keep that in mind. Well, let's move on to UFC because we had twenty six ten thousand dollar plus hockey cards and 277,000 a to let's say ten thousand young guns. Um, UFC ten thousand dollar plus, there was nine. Um, Aaron, do you want to mention the most expensive right now? Because I find that interesting. I kind of want. Yes,
0: I love to. It was for seventy three thousand eight hundred dollars. It was sold through Golden. This was the Conor McGregor two thousand and seventeen Top's Chrome Super Fractor one of one PSA ten. I'm under the impression that it is the first Topps Chrome UFC set ever made. I'm ninety nine percent sure about that, and that I guess you would consider is going to be like the best card in the set, like the absolute best card in the set.
1: Oh yeah. Um, and I I just it kind of cracks me up because you have this Topps Chrome card that it blows away every Prism competitor there is. You know, because Prism has UFC, right? It does. It just had its first year in two thousand twenty one. And Topps no longer has it, and yet you're looking at a Topps Chrome superfractor of Connor McD- or Connor McDavid. Connor <laughs> McGregor. And uh it blows away every other high priced Prism card there is. You could probably combine you could probably combine every ten thousand plus dollar prism card and uh in two thousand twenty two specifically. In two thousand twenty two, add add it up, and you're probably not hitting seventy three thousand dollars. You might come close. The,
0: correct. The the next most expensive um, Prism cards that were, that were sold, um, or just UFC cards that were sold in general, in 2021, so kind of going out of the time range here, just to show how big of a sale this was, um, there's two Habib cards, one Prism Black, one of one, sold for 28000 one auto from Prism PSA 9, the black auto from the new Prism, that sold for $47,700 um, on July 26th of last year. So, and McGregor did destroy what would be the new prism. Um, yeah. But also, half the price of a McDavid patch auto pop six. PSA 10 from not the best set. For the hockey also, remember, that's like the most expensive Conor McDavid card ever. That's not, mm-hmm. you know, there's Gretzky's itself, I've sold for millions. Now, also, that's from the 70s um, or 79. And they weren't making UFC cards back then. There wasn't even UFC back then. So that
1: kind of makes sense there. Uh, but
0: moving on, which what should we talk about? F1 next, I think.
1: No, we got to cover thousand to ten thousand or nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine for UFC. And there was two hundred and ninety-four of those um in that price range. Again, all hand counted. Tried to avoid things that did not belong. Um, so you can see there's only 17 more um for the UFC as a total than for just young guns. Um, so I was kind of expecting UFC to be a little bit bigger than this, um, and so it's kind of it was kind of eye opening to me.
0: Now another thing to point out too is we're talking about most UFC cards that are valuable are from two thousand seventeen to present. Um, there's a lot of cards, you know, any Ovechkin card, any Crosby card, they're selling for big money. Are all from two thousand five to now? That's fair. So, That's fair. so that that is definitely something to add in there um but you also i mean if you think about formula 1 there's only been one year production of that but they're topping a lot of the list on this um uh, because of how hot it is how how expensive it is so there's two different things here it's big ufc is it as big as maybe some people make it out to be probably not but i will say there are a ton of huge like really dedicated fans but a lot of those fans do uh, live in like the sports betting world too. You know, I'd say more probably in the sports betting world for sure. Okay. That's just obvious, like overall numbers on the sports card world. Uh, but like compared to like, let's say a basketball or something, there's, you know, obviously there's so much high end money being spent in basketball.
1: Yeah. I think there's sports betting all over, but it is a lot easier to do sports betting um, at an event like a UFC event that happens on a Saturday or on an NFL games so that happen on a Sunday and you know, it's going to happen. Um, than weekly nightly NBA games, you know? Yeah, and, and,
0: and, and not to mention, I mean, a lot of the massive fights happen in Vegas. So correct. tons of people are there for
1: it and are obviously going to be betting out there. Correct. Um, but you mentioned Formula One, and we'll move on because it's true. Uh, Formula One is in their first year of tops cards. Now there's some tops Now cards, and um, there was some vintage Formula One in here. But uh, for the most part, you know, this is going to be made up of a lot of Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen type cards, and top, scrum and, uh, top scrum and dynasty mostly. Top scrum and dynasty and Formula One ten thousand dollar plus. There was twenty eight total um, in the first two months of this year, and uh, that is obviously higher than um, hockey. That is higher than UFC. That is higher than WWE. That is higher than every other thing we are going to go through on this list, except for Pokemon. Um, which pretty incredible. Pretty incredible considering if you would have told me, if you would have told me at the start of, I don't know, two years ago that Formula One cards would be higher would have more bandwidth than say WWE, I wouldn't have believed you. That's how little I thought of Formula One compared to like something I think of very little in WWE. And now you obviously think differently. And now I and now I think differently. Uh, obviously, Formula One is fun. I've watched some drive to survive. You know this and that. Um, you see the tweets on Sundays. People are pumped. You see the tweets what? on Saturdays about the uh, uh, qualifying. Qualifying. You know, so people get pumped for it, and you can see it here because twenty-eight in two twenty-eight cards in two months at ten thousand dollars plus, pretty incredible. But then not only that. 1,000 to the 900, 9,999 range, 343, um, which is higher than UFC, higher than uh, the Young Guns section. Pretty incredible.
0: Yep, and let me point out, uh, I know you mentioned you know Formula 1, more 10000 R plus cards than hockey, and we had mentioned this earlier. earlier. I just want to reiterate, is that for hockey, that was literally just three sets, and there are cards of Ovechkin, and Crosby and McDavid, they're going to sell out of exquisite and ultimate collection, and these other sets that are going to do more than 10K. So, in essence, yeah, hockey's still bigger than that but, one overall.
1: But, formula one, one two year, sets. one, yeah, one year, two sets. So,
0: you're and, right. Well, you're well, right.
1: that's not necessarily fair because I did see some retro, like 1992 driver cards and some tops now. But, like, well,
0: there's definitely some Senna's in there that were selling for massive, like 30Ks and stuff.
1: Yeah, but for the most part, it's two sets. So you could make the same argument for Formula One. Yeah, I I I, I would argue that the that going forward, as long as like Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton are still driving, like who are they going to be the rookies in the upcoming sets that are going to. Cost big money like this year's Lewis Hamilton cost big money even though he's 38. You know.
2: Yeah,
0: and that's that's the thing about the new F1 set this year. I talked about in last week's weekly slab. Not only was it a paper set, which I think completely, you know, everyone loves the first year. And it's just chrome. It's not like that. It's you know, with tops. It always start with the paper and then they add chrome later. When it starts with chrome and they add paper later, it's not it's not as appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention the cost of it too. It's a it's a lot. It's like 400 bucks for a paper box, and. On top of that, it's like when Nate said, like, I'm not gonna sit here and act like I know who the potential rookies are in the set. I know that there's someone named Zhao, I think, who got pulled up from F two, who people are kind of excited for. But most of those literally like all the guys that are really uh interesting or sought after or collected or expensive all had cards in 2020. So this is just a second variation of all those guys. You know, if if, if basketball came out with a 2022 set and there was no Kate Cunningham. I guess you can maybe use, like, the 2020 Prism, for example. When the, if there's no Lamella or Anthony Edwards or any of those other guys you'd be excited for, um, will you really go buy the set? That, that's how I think about it, too. And the answer is probably no, um, unless you're just, like, a diehard player collector that wants more cards of your player. It, I just don't get that excited about it, But I do get really excited about the first-year sets, especially Dynasty and Topps Chrome. I do think that Topps Chrome will, will do well for the second year. Paper's a little iffy. And then Dynasty, I think, will do really well for the second year because I think it's be really exciting again, and people will actually be able to get their hands on because it, now it's just so expensive.
1: Mm-hmm. The nice thing is, you you bring up that a lot of people, a lot of guys have their cards in this set. Well, if one of these guys pops off, you know, he's some of these guys probably decently cheap. You know, a guy that yeah. maybe not a ton of people are thinking about. And if he if one of those guys goes on and wins a race or two, you can still buy into twenty twenty Formula One cards cheap or 2021 yeah. Formula 1 cards cheap.
0: Yeah, and I, I also think this does give people a chance to collect a Hamilton or a Verstappen who don't have oodles of money. So I'm not saying that this product is not need because I think it is. I just think that if you look, think about the market perception and which one's heading up and which one might be kind of laying flat, that's how I think about it. Yeah. Uh, not, not not, a knock on the product overall or what's going to do for the market, because I think it'll help if the cards are affordable for people.
1: Um, well, there nope, you I
0: go. G- I got to call it the top card. Yeah. From uh from Formula One. So this didn't show up in card ladder sales history because this did sell via Alt Liquid Auctions. I was paying attention to it. So I remember it sold. I was able to go back and find the price and the date. Um, this sold in January, and it was a Lewis Hamilton Sapphire PSA 10 gold out of 50. Now, if anyone knows these Formula One cards, the color from Sapphire, nearly impossible to grade. The one really high-end color that I had, I split with my dad. It was a purple Verstappen off of 10. Um, the back would have the damage on it. And no know the person that graded it got a BGS 8. Now, this is a PSA 10, gold out of 50. It's a pop one, I want to say, potentially two maybe. Because um, there was a second one that sold. I just don't know if, this, if it was the same copy. But this one sold for $90,000, which I believe publicly is the most expensive Formula 1 sale to date. Um, let me just confirm that really quick. Yeah, that's the most expensive Formula One sale to date publicly. I'm sure that there are some different pri- private ones that sold for more. Um, and this sold for $44,500 on December 19th, 2021 by eBay that the Cardlighter Sales History tool shows me. And that's a double. That is a double up in a month. Literally in a month, that card doubled in price. And we're not talking like $10 to $20, dollars a time. $45,000 to $90,000. Um, what does that mean? (laughs) It means that this stuff is really stinking hot. It's really stinking rare. And a lot of people are spending a lot of money on it. That's what it means. Um, Now, we can get more towards what this stuff means and how expensive it's getting later in the episode when we talk about all of it together. Because I think it all kind of fits in a similar category.
1: All right. And then, last sport. um, We grabbed hockey. We grabbed UFC. We grabbed One. Obviously, hockey's always been up there with the baseballs and the basketballs and the footballs and the Soccer's of the world is like one of the big five sports in the world. So, you know, justifiable there. UFC and Formula One were um, super talked about in 2021. So I had to include them. But then I wanted to get a super random sport. I was thinking about tennis. I was thinking about golf, something like that. But we chose WWE because that's super, super random. And um, there was one $10,000 plus card sold in the last two months. And there were only 26,000 to. uh, $9,999 Ten thousand or nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollar range cards, which just goes to show you that not every sport in the world is uh, flying off the shelves.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, tennis. I'm sure there's gonna be tennis fans that listen listen to this and say, "Oh, what about the Nadals that are super hot after he won the uh, Australian Open? What about Serena's cards that sold for you know nearly hundred thousand dollars? And those obviously are doing very well. The only thing with tennis is that they, like there has not been a really pack issued set since two thousand like three or five, maybe um, someone can correct me on that. If there was one in the later 2000s, I'm going to sing it like, you know, Djokovic's rookie card. And then for golf, they took like a pretty big hiatus. I want to say at least from printing a lot of different golf cards, not to say we couldn't have included both of those. Cause there's really caveats to all these different sports in general or non-sports Um, but that's where we're at here. And uh, the most expensive card that sold that was over $10,000 was a Roman reigns. Uh, Super Fracture Autograph 1 of 1 PSA 10 from 2014. That's sold for $15,000. Now, I don't know enough about the WWE market to even know if this was the first year of Topps Chrome. I kind of assume it is, but I also could be completely wrong on that. So if you do know, please let us know in the comments. We are not WWE experts or even novices in any standpoint. I literally know nothing other than some of the names. John Cena?
1: (laughs) I know Roman Reigns.
0: I do know who Roman Reigns is and Steve Austin and Undertaker and all. Whatever, but I've never watched it in my life.
1: We we hit the three names you knew. <laughs> well, The Rock too. Ronda Rousey anymore? No way. He well,
0: used to, he used no. He used to do WWE though.
1: I know, I know, but too rich. <laughs> no, he, too big of a yeah, movie star.
0: No, he's a movie star now. Uh, all right. What's up next?
1: Um. So yeah. So that's our that's our sports category. On to non sport, and we're gonna start. Um. We're going to start with Fleer Retro because the other three are kind of all in the same category here. So Fleer Retro Marvel, again, I'm going to reiterate it. I looked up Fleer Retro and I hand-counted everything and I just took PMGs. I didn't take Jambalaya's of Marvel characters. And also when you look at Fleer Retro, you're going to end up with um, NBA cards, hockey cards, you know, Tiger Woods cards, whatever. So those weren't taken into account. And also... Um, there's certain like people that don't use FLIR retro in their thing. So, you know, I may have missed some PMGs here.
0: Yeah, there's, I, I did a different search for Nate, like right before we started recording. And I've been doing a lot of research on hockey PMGs for the last few months now. In a lot of ways, you know, some people list with PMG, some people list with precious metal gems, some people don't list with FLIR at all or FLIR retro at all. So I kind of just got the ones that are $10,000 or over and try to get as accurate as possible. And there's probably like five more in there than what they found, so you could maybe expect the the other numbers to be off by like twenty percent, if if the moat at most maybe. So let's start breaking it down, Nate.
1: Yeah. So uh, Fleer Retro PMGs, ten thousand plus. There were fourteen. Um. Obviously, this kind of started with Dave's uh, Red Spider Man last year at the uh, November of premiere Spider Man movie.
0: Oh wait, no, it was December premiere auction then.
1: Yeah. So it kind of started with that, and then it's it's ballooned a little bit to include fourteen different ten thousand plus cards in the last two months. Seems pretty incredible to me.
0: Yeah, and also the one that Dave sold the PSA nine red out 100, sold for 72k in the December premiere auction for Dave, but in February premier auction, the one that ended last weekend, the same card, but not the exact same card. Like, you know, same card, not the same serial number. Uh, sold from another guy we know actually shane on instagram uh indie card and indie collector guy indie card guy i feel like i had the wrong handle but he sold his through the premier auction also went for 78 i oh, did wow. not think i did not think that the next one that sold after days was going to go higher i was like man that that literally went from like 900 to 72k i couldn't see another one sell for 78 but it did and with that being said i did just submit My Miles Morales PMG Bronze of 199 PSA 9 to start this Thursday in the PWCC weekly auction. So I'm not going to sit here and try to hype up PMGs for Marvel because I am selling mine for the exact reason. You see something go from 72 to 78K? It moved a little bit. Did it move 25K? No. I have a feeling that that was enough slowage of, you know, slowage downage. I don't know what you want to say, that it's the right time to sell. Because I think at this point, the high-end stuff all kind of had its movement. Some of the lower stuff is moving up with the higher-end stuff, aka hopefully my card. And I think now is the right time to sell. So if anything, don't take this as me trying to talk about these things. For you to go buy them, I think that if you have them, like me, it would be a way better time to sell than to buy, for sure. Even with the Spider uh, in the Spider-Verse 2 coming in October, I still feel like that sometime between now and then, this card will be cheaper especially with the pop going from one when I graded it to four within two months. Cause people are all trying to buy these things up and grade them now. And I am actually surprised it got to four this quick, but it did. Hmm.
1: There you go. Aaron selling his miles Morales. He loves miles Morales.
0: I do. That was one of my favorite movies of all time. But Hey, when you spend $15 on a card, you can't really turn down what I'm hoping to be like three to 4k.
1: No, you cannot. I <laughs> agree. Profit is profit. And uh, sometimes you just got to take it no matter how much you like a card. Right yeah, uh, Aaron Ashby Nate? <laughs> yep. Correct. Uh Flea Retro Marvel thousand to nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine. That was seventy-eight. You probably could throw another like forty on there. Um let's just let's just assume that it's around 120, actually, um, for that number. But 120 is still uh significantly lower than the young guns or the UFC or Formula One. Uh despite there being you know, 2013, 2015, 2017, uh, and like 1997, Fleer retro PMGs. Just trying to point out that there's about four years of sets. And so you'd expect, you know, and there's a billion Marvel superheroes. And with how hot Fleer retro PMGs have gotten, I would have expected them to be a little bit higher than what they're currently sitting at, um, especially because we're talking about one year basically of formula one and one maybe two years of ufc and yet there's way more ufc cards not not high-end but medium-end cards selling and medium-end formula one cards and high-end formula one cards selling than uh marvel not something unexpected especially because marvel's worldwide i mean ufc's worldwide but like Marvel is world, worldwide, you know?
0: Can, can I point something out here too? Because all of these come with caveats, right? So we're talking about all these different sales for the different sports or non-sports and literally every single one we can come up with some caveat for. And my caveat for PMGs is, is that I at least know that the 2017, the FLIR, uh Ultra Slash... See, they don't even call that one retro. It's like the 2017 set, which, which is what my Miles Morales is from. Is Fleer Ultra so right? So like oh. what Nate's looking at now is really just 2013 and 2015, not even 2017. So like, there's a lot that's up from that, but the complete set for 2017 Fleer Ultra PMGs is a 50 card set. Like that's like nothing. It that's has 50 true. different characters. Like that's really small compared to how big some type of UFC set is and all the different parallels in UFC. So like this is a very hard topic to get some some concrete statement on, which is why we're not going to make a concrete statement on this. We're just gonna present the different data and let you all think about this.
1: So I think we should both take a guess
0: at who oh, we, we will. We will. We,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's dive through the rest of this data real quick and then yeah, really let's, quick. Uh, let's take some guesses here. Okay.
0: Wait, before you do that, I'll call it the biggest sale for the PMGs, but we'll skip it for the rest of them. Um, Fleer retro 255 K for a green Spider-Man out of 10. Uh, it was private sale by golden that just sold the other day. So 255 K
1: on a green. 2013 Spider-Man. There you go. Um, Alright, the last three are all of the same vein: Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh! and MetaZoo. And Pokemon, $10,000 plus. Actually, I'm going to start at the bottom and go up. It'll be more exciting that way. MetaZoo, $10,000 plus. There was one card. At 1000 to 9999 there was 124 Um, Do with that what you will. I don't think I've ever seen a MetaZoo card in the wild. So I don't even know where you buy Metazoo. I know nothing about it besides the name. Um, Yu Gi Oh, on the other hand, used to watch that show, and there was four ten thousand dollar plus sales in the last two months, but there was only one hundred nineteen thousand to nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollar range, which is actually kind of shocking because that's five less than Metazoo, which has one year of cards, and then that brings us to Pokemon, which was by far and away the biggest section out of every section we talked about hockey marvel UFC WWE Formula One you could probably actually like add them all together and they don't even match up to the amount of money people spend on Pokemon because Pokemon $10,000 plus cards there was 68 in 2022 in 2022 in the first two months and the thousand to nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollar range I quit counting at a thousand I counted up to a thousand. I did my best to not include sets or lots or anything like that. And we were at a thousand plus with a thousand one hundred fifty at a thousand one hundred fifty dollars. And I had I was counting down. So I had to go from a thousand one hundred fifty to a thousand, which I have to imagine would have added like another like two hundred, three hundred, something like that. So a thousand plus thousand dollar or more. um, Or almost to ten thousand dollar. Pokemon cards in the first two months of 2022. And I thought Pokemon was dying. I can't believe that you sat there and counted that
0: much. Now, Mm -hmm. let me point out something about this, is that it makes sense. Okay, the most produced cards of all these are the Pokemon cards. True. The, I guess you'd say longest, I'd say the longest standing, well, I don't know how I'm really trying to say. All I know is the Pokemon brand is massive um, all over the world. And these cards were super hot as of like 2020. Like I wouldn't look at anything else on this list and say, wow, these cards are super hot in like end of 2020. And 2020 Topps from Formula One wasn't even really released until 2021. So it doesn't count. Nate, would you look at anything on this list and say, wow, these things were smoking at the end of 2020?
1: No, you didn't hear anything about Formula One. You didn't really hear anything about UFC no. we weren't talking about hockey or Marvel, but you you were talking about Pokemon, yeah, that's for sure. And we know so, that because we put it, we sent in Pokemon to PSA in December of 2020, and it came yes. back in January of 2022.
0: Yeah, that, that was ridiculous. Uh, but besides the point, the most expensive card to sell in 2022 for Pokemon. I'll talk about that one. Was the Charizard first edition PSA 10 for 252k. This was the card that people are saying it's going to cross 500,000. It was selling for over 400,000, now it's 252k for a new label PSA 10. That is cheaper than the Marvel card that just sold on February 22nd for 255k the Spider-Man. If you sat there and told me that in the next year and a half a Marvel card of any type would outsell the best Pokemon card in existence. Okay, let me take a step back. I know there's like an illustrated Pikachu that's like a million dollar card. The best, most, uh, the best one that you can actually acquire, I should say, Uh sells for two hundred fifty two k. And now the Spider Man sells for two hundred fifty five. That's crazy, and that's not crazy. I'm not saying it's like a bad type of crazy. It's just wild. That's how much ground ground Marvel PMGs made up in like less than a year, because they were definitely like starting to get bought. Through the first like half to three fourths of the year last year, but it's really it the last noted, quarter though, of last year.
1: Yes, that man. you are taking a high, like that is the high, high, high of Marvel, two hundred fifty two or two hundred fifty five, and this is not anywhere close to the peak. Yes, of Pokemon.
0: yes, 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 yes. And I I do recognize and agree with that. But even the point that it has crossed it at some threshold, yeah, the charts or PSA ten is impressive. Um, And that's why also I say that I'm selling my, my Miles Morales because it's like there's you see it in a lot of different cards a lot of different times. The card can only go straight up for so long before it has to start to come down just by everyone who wanted them has bought them or everyone who has enough money for them has already bought them. And then the other people don't have enough money for them. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, there's some super high end basketball cards that sell once every two years let's say the kobe pmg 8.5 that just sold for two million and then you can say okay well if one of these doesn't pop up for two years maybe the next person pays 500k and that's true when you have rare cards that can definitely happen it's hard for us to sit here and point to two hundred thousand dollar cards and use that as the, as the landmark as we were talking about on the slab stocks live show on monday like the overall market can't afford that 99 percent of the market can't afford that but they can't afford the two thousand three thousand four thousand dollar cards Mostly, and I mean, I know people can't afford those either. And there's like the hundred, two hundred dollars cards, or the ten dollars, twenty dollars cards. It doesn't matter. We all love everyone that buys cards, regardless of the budget. But that's why I personally am selling like like a three to five thousand dollars PMG because those are more accessible. And then the more people that can have them can sell them faster, and then the market starts to go down. And maybe it's not for that Green Spider Man that's just over two fifty five, but it might be for the one that I have, which is
1: why I'm selling. Yeah, um, but obviously a lot of numbers here. A uh, lot of lot of facts, a lot of figures. Um, and one interesting thing that I wanted to bring up is that we're talking about a lot of not, you know, secondary sports, non-sports here. Um, and I wanted to do something interesting. So I just typed in Michael Jordan, sorted by highest to lowest last two months and counted everything that was a sports card um, up to $50,000, not $10,000. and there was 59 sales of Michael Jordan cards that were over $50,000 to put that in perspective. If you add up, um, all of hockey, if you add up everything, but, uh, Pokemon, Pokemon, it comes out to like 75, 78, something like that. I think it's 78 and there's 59 Michael Jordan's 78 cards from all these other sets, $10,000 plus. There's 59 Michael Jordans that are over $50,000. Pokemon is gigantic. There's 68 $10,000 plus Pokemon cards that have sold in the last two months. 59 Michael Jordan. So like we talk a lot about what's the next this, what's the next that. And yet it just goes to show you that when you're a major player in a major sport like Michael Jordan in the NBA... Nothing. Nothing's going to touch. Nothing's going to touch NBA cards. You know, football cards, baseball cards, uh, soccer cards. From this, from this list right here.
0: Yeah, and it, I think that it puts in a perspective how easy it is, like to see, like a two hundred fifty-five thousand dollars Spider-Man sale, and say, "Oh, everyone wants Marvel, and no one wants, no one wants basketball." But that's just a very blanket statement that you can say because there's a lot of hype and talk around the Marvel PMGs right now. But overall, that basketball market is massive, massive. I mean, there's like 12,000 cards tracked in Card Ladder Pro for basketball alone compared to any other sport, even basketball or football and baseball only have like 3,500. I understand that's not all cards ever produced, but just goes to show which segments really make up the market the most. And I think that's that's what the point is. Um, But overall, like, I think, Nate, we should both just pick one. Which one do we think is going to keep going and which one do we think is going to –
1: quick a quick yeah. thing for you just just as a sidebar um i just looked up larry bird be <laughs> a player to come to my mind 17 cards over ten thousand dollars of just larry bird in this year in this year you tell me larry bird was the 14 first player clear like retro him? pmgs from 2013 and 2015 17 larry bird cards wait you're telling me that larry bird was the first thing that came to your mind i was just trying to come up with a random dude <laughs> Larry Bird was the guy that I came up with. That's funny, Um, but but how how ridiculous is that? Like we're we're sitting here and we're trying to come up with you know everyone wants a couple years ago is like you know this is the next hot thing and this is the next hot thing and everyone's searching for the next hot thing and then you're saying to yourself oh NBA is kind of going down kind of going down and then you look up Larry Bird and you realize that he has more he has more ten thousand plus dollar sales than uh ufc wwe Yu-Gi-Oh, and metazoo combined yeah by himself
0: yeah so that's my other point too is that we can both pick one like one we think will keep going up or keep staying hot we can pick one that we think might trend down but on top of that i think that this points more to anything while well, all these other things are just exploding you know basketball has either dropped a little bit in a lot of regard but Keep in mind, just because a fell doesn't mean you should go buy the cards that no one wants, the cards you can find at all the different card shows, the base PSA 10s, even silver PSA 10s in some instances. Uh, And maybe that's the place to look because there's not this crazy amount of upswing. Uh, For me, when looking at this list, I like to go with what's been stable and at least around for a long time as to what will I think just like keep doing well, and that's going to be hockey with the young ones, the cup and the future watches. I'm also hockey for myself. So there's some bias in that. Um, I just think that that stuff's collectible because of the on the um, ice performance. And, and I think the ESPN, they spent the boatload to get ESPN plus to host all the different games this year. I feel like that's just going to be more marketed in a sense. Obviously, the problem with hockey is that not everyone plays it or can't even go skating growing up, which automatically shrinks your pool of who will watch it. Um, and then also number two is it's expensive to play even if you want to play it. So that's mm-hmm. the other problem, too. So I understand there's problems with hockey. I'm not going to, like, neglect it. But at least from the standpoint of, like, what's going to keep on this game, the most popularity overall, I think it's going to be Formula 1. Even with the stuff, some stuff, 45 to 90K is insane. Maybe some of it drops in price. Maybe it doesn't drop in price and keeps on going. I still see it this year is going to be super popular for Formula 1. Um, and then which one do I think is going to not do so hot this year? Um Unfortunately, as much as I love PMGs and Marvel, I have to say Marvel PMGs. I mean that's stuff just I told you I spent fifteen dollars on mine that I think will probably sell between three and five K. That's the type of stuff that's just like I don't know how it's gonna keep going, but I guess basketball did too because people are buying fifteen dollar cards that then were selling for like five thousand. Well, maybe not that much. But uh yeah, that's where I'm at. I think that segment segment is awesome. I think mean, there's some great collectors in it. I just think a lot of really big money came in really fast, and that's the problem that I think might not be able to sustain. All right, so
1: recap that real quick for us.
0: Hockey, I think, is going to be the most stable, like gaining interest marginally in the segment. People start to maybe collect some cards. You can watch some games. I think Formula One is going to increase the most in popularity and in turn probably increase the most in price just because of that, although I think there's some areas that might go down if drivers don't do well, just as we see in basketball. And then I think Marvel PMGs is going to get hurt the most in 2022 because of how much it gained value through the end of
1: 2021
0: into the beginning of 2022.
1: Okay. Um, I'm actually going to, I'll go with what I think is going to be hurt the most. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go spicy, spicy, uh, spicy take on you here and say formula one, (laughs) uh, your paper cards along with no really good rookies. Um, I think is going to curb interest, curb interest a little bit. There's still going to be interest in the first year of formula one, but I think, I think the grand total is going to like, these cards are going to weigh down the other cards if that makes sense um to the point where like uh you're not getting new rookies in yeah that's that's a problem like imagine if bowman baseball didn't have new release every single year with new rookies that people could spend huge money on marcelo meyer jordan Lawler, those types of guys um that would be a problem i think and i think that's going to be a problem for formula one And I think this, I I do think it was a craze, but I just, I just, I don't know. I don't know how sustainable it is.
0: The one benefit of F1, and this the problem is this doesn't happen enough too, like there's just not enough new rookies because there's only 20 drivers, is like George Russell going to Mercedes. Like in baseball, player gets traded. It's probably not like an insane, let me go buy his new card with said uniform. But in Formula 1, I do think that his first Mercedes cards are going to be extremely hot. Um. Just like his first year
1: cards too, but okay. I get it. But like, not everybody can go to Mercedes. They have two drivers.
0: I, I, I agree. There's two, and that's the problem. There's two drivers, 20 drivers, which also really consolidates the demand on a few drivers too.
1: Yeah. So I think I think Formula One is the one that will drop. Maybe not the big big time guys. Maybe not the Verstappens and the Hamiltons, but the and uh, the other guy you just mentioned. But the other guys, I think there could be. I think there could be a drop in interest there. Um as for the thing I think is going to stay steady. Um, I, I, I do agree with you. I think young guns, uh, hockey will probably stay in that fifth spot in sports and just be steady. Ho hum. Um, the people that really love hockey, really love hockey, you know, it's not, it's not going to go anywhere. And then I think the thing that's going to rise the most, and I can't believe I'm saying this, and this probably isn't a 2022 thing, but more of a, just in the future is Pokemon. um, you're looking at the prices i know the prices have dropped but you're just looking at the sheer amount of interest in these numbers thousand plus thousand dollar cards uh in just the first two months of the year and that's without you know i know they have pokemon go um and pokemon video games and stuff like this but what happens when they start making and they have pokemon tv shows pokemon movies but what happens when they start really expanding and into spin-offs like you know they're doing with game of thrones or amazon or you know with lord of the rings or what happens when they start making live action stuff that's a little bit more uh um like intense you know or
0: or what happens when they bring in someone to manage a segment of their business in the card industry that knows the sports car industry and starts to produce sets like for metazoo how they had tops produce a set they start producing card sets, too, which, which have parallels, high-end inserts, anything like that. I don't know if it's going to happen someday. It'd be so radically different than what they've done for the past 25 years. But that could bring a ton of interest, too.
1: Yeah, they could. And and they should. And so, like, there's there's so much going for Pokemon that just hasn't been, like, outside of games and TVs and movies, um, that hasn't been grasped. And even, like, you know, Disneyland is so popular. Disney World so popular. You could do that with Pokemon. I, maybe there is something like that in Japan. I think um, that there is. There is. But you could do that with Pokemon worldwide because people love Pokemon. You think you think kids aren't going to be lining up begging their parents to go to Pokemon World? Uh, oh, they will. <laughs> in in Georgia or Texas or something, um, to see a, a Venusaur roller coaster or a <laughs> tentacle uh, spinny thing, you know. <laughs> Oh, they, so,
0: they with those big brain ideas here yeah well,
1: well what I'm trying to say is Pokemon's done a really good job of building a brand
0: but I popular feel franchises they, in the world
1: they can do like a massive job the way Disney has done with Marvel and the way Disney does with their own Disney characters um of of building more like if 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 Harry Potter can have its own Harry Potter world Pokemon can definitely do major major, things like that and so um and that will just add to the excitement and if you can go into a pokemon world and make your own pokeball or something you know how much more exciting are kids going to be to collect these cards
0: not to mention the activation of cards at a parks yeah so like that, that's my are.
1: choice but it's 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 more of a it's more of a long range choice than a 2022 choice i got you that makes sense that makes sense
0: well, if you all have any thoughts on this topic and what's going to go down, what's going to go up, what's going to stay the same uh, in the alternate trading card space, I'll say, please let us know in the comments. We'd love to hear what you have to say because we are just two guys. Uh, we do just look up some card prices and like to talk about them. So please let us know because there's a lot more that can go into than just us talking. We don't want you all to sit here and think that our word is definitive, especially with our, I guess you could say, when Nate said, spicy takes at the end. Uh, that stuff's just for fun. You know, don't listen to us and go sell your – Lando Norris PSA ten Sapphire variation, and then he goes and gets top three at the end of the year of the championship, and then you lose a bunch of money. That is not what our intent was. It's just trying to think about what happens.
1: Our intent was to just kind of have fun with it and give some spicy takes. That's a great. That's a great way to
0: put it. Nate, great way to put it. All right, we are going to pop over and now talk about our PWCC Flip Quest 2022 and look at what we bought in last week's auction. What's coming up in this next week's auction? Here's what we came away with in uh this past week Sunday's PWCC weekly auction number five. We were targeting more budget cards in this show versus going after some high end ones because we did just buy a huge Mbappe the week before. So the first card I got this was for a friend. It was a Max Meyer Gold Refractor Auto PS8. Just to give it to him as a gift. Um, and it wasn't showing us what we paid for them, but at this point when I click it, it does show it. Must just be a small glitch. So 4440 for that one. Um, Gavin Lux excited about this one. Uh, Nate was excited about this one too. A really cool SSP from tops Update. Um, Nate, I did not realize that this was out of update when we bought this. Oh, now really? I know why now I know why I never saw this before because I only looked at the series one cards. I didn't pay attention to all the update. Oh, so, so you were up- thinking
1: this was the SSP from Series One? Well, no, but I know what the SSP looks like from Series One. Yeah, the one a, with its face, yeah.
0: Right, exactly. So I was just confused. I was like, I've never really seen that before. Oh, sure. yeah. yeah, so it's yeah. like a
1: secondary, it's like a secondary rookie short print. But I mean it's still just a sweet card. And it's the type of card that if he doesn't pan out, we'll still be thrilled to have it.
0: Yeah, and also 3960 for a PSA nine. I mean, last I checked, you came and sent send the PSA for under fifty bucks right now. So that's true. Not bad. Uh next up was the SGC seven point five. I've never actually bought a seven point five of any card in my life, but here we are buying John Morant. This is an impeccable rookie logo. I have seventy five. Uh, pretty thrilled about the price, eighty one sixty. I understand it's seven point five, but that's pretty darn good considering I think the card's like two hundred dollars raw. So I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, Early Holland, one hundred and ten for his two thousand nineteen tops UEFA um, rookie sticker. This is in his Salzburg kit here, which is kind of fun because that was his uh, his debut club or debut Champions League club before the uh, Dortmund. His move to Dortmund, and now probably impending move to either Real Madrid or Man City or somewhere else. And then I grabbed this Mason Mount for the giveaway, thirty one twenty. It's a pop one with SGC, and I actually pulled this card myself. So that's pretty fun. Gave that one away, but really, these three cards are the three that were added to our flip quest: the Lux, the Jaw, and the Early Holland. Weekly auction number six closes this Sunday at ten PM Eastern Time. Extended bidding starts. We'll be live starting at nine forty five PM Eastern Time on the YouTube channel you're watching this on right now. If you're listening to this on podcast, please join us. On the YouTube channel, look up Slab Stocks on YouTube. Uh, as you can see, some bids are already in place for this upcoming week's auction. And we are going to look at the cards we are the most excited for in this auction. And I'm going to zoom in here because the one I'm most excited for definitely won't be able to win it. But it is this 2014 Select Black 1 of 1, 9.5 of Giannis. Uh, this is a second-year card. And I think a lot of people, a lot of times, are like, oh, not a rookie. Well, guess what? The most expensive Kobe card ever just sold for $2 million. And it was from 1997. It was a green PMG of 10. Yeah, it's a PMG from the first PMG set ever. I understand why it's the most expensive Kobe card, but also it does give legs to that. Hey, if it's rare, if it's a cool card, if it's a top-end brand select. Yes, it got watered down recently, but 2014 hobby only release. Uh, currently at five thousand two hundred fifty dollars right now for the nine point five black one of one. Now the Prism Auto 2017 one of one of Giannis. sold for nearly $24,000 in last week's auction. And that was at like $2,000 on Thursday uh, before the auction closed. We're recording this on Wednesday, currently at 5,250. So quite a bit higher than what the Prism Auto was at. I don't know how much it's going to sell for. I imagine between 20 and 30K, but we'll see how much it actually closes for. So I think right around that auto PSA 10 or BGS 9.5.
1: Nate, how about you? Um, Actually, I'm going to stop you right there. Yes, sir. Right there, smack dab in the middle. That Chris Paul. Number one, that's just an absolutely nasty patch. Getting a little bit of the teal and the purple and the yellow. Multiple yellows, honestly. But, like, look at that thing. That is
0: quite nice. And the auto is nearly It is like perfect on that. It's super nice. Uh
1: I hadn't even looked at the auto yet. I just I bought <laughs> the patch earlier and just fell in love with it. But it is Chris Paul. And the reason I'm curious about this is because he just got injured. And he is out six to eight weeks, which is just very, uh, like, terrible timing for the person who was selling this. Because, you know, Chris Paul is killing it. The Suns are killing it. And then all of a sudden, All-Star break happens and he's out six to eight weeks. He would never have expected it. Um, So I am curious to see what this goes for. And if him being out six to eight weeks has any effect on this. Um, I tell you what it does have effect on, though. And what it does have effect on is my stinking fantasy team. I was... In second place, cruising along. First place is really good. Like first place had like every breakout guy in the world: Demar Derozan, uh, Cole Anthony, you know, plus you know, plus the guys like LeBron James and all those guys. Right? He had his stars, and then he had every breakout guy. So like hard, hard to beat him. The only loss he has on the year is to me. I'm in second place. I'm cruising along, and then back to back weeks, I lose Bradley Beal and Chris Paul. Now, I have a little bit of depth, but I don't have enough depth where I can lose the guys that, like, guarantee me 40 points a night every time they step on the court. Like, that was Steph Curry, Bradley Beal, Chris Paul, and then I have, like, Jared Allen and Pascal Siakam and those guys that can, like...
0: They're doing really well this year, those two.
1: They, they are. They are. They're doing really well. But they're not the type of guys that I... They're the type of guys that, like... Well, not Pascal, but, like, Jared Allen and Cade Cunningham I might choose them for one night and they get me 50 points and it's really good. And then, or I choose them for the wrong night and they get me 12. Yeah. So I needed that depth and I lost it back to back weeks. So shout out Chris Paul for getting injured, but I hope your card does really well in this uh, <laughs> thing.
0: I will point out, we do have a card that's selling this week, not part of the flip quest 2022, but it is as Anthony Simons, one of one impeccable patch auto PSA. 9 if you follow me on Instagram at slap Aaron, I wrote about this card. Uh, I bought it for us right when the trade was announced for CJ McCollum, or at least the rumor was put out there um, to the Pelicans. Cause I knew that Simons would be really the star of the team uh, until Lillard comes back. And even then he should still get a lot of shots. And we basically expedited this thing into this auction. Thanks to Brock cards on or Brock's cards on Instagram. Uh, Brock's been a good friend of a friend of ours for multiple years. Now he works at PWCC and he's a great sales rep. If you do, you know, Sell through PWCC. If you buy through PWCC, please get to know Brock because the dude takes care of you. He also did the same thing with my Spider-Man, um, which is awesome. I mean, you just talk to the sales rep and they'll help you out if you need it, and, and it's great. Uh, but th- talk about player. It's hot. I mean, Anthony Simon super, super hot. But at the same time, would love to capitalize on a short-term market growth because he does have so many cards that are selling for over $1,000 now. If you think about the discussion we had with Marvel, if you compare Anthony Simon's card selling for over $1,000 this year for two months versus last year, the entire year, it's probably more this first two months than all of last year, the 12 <laughs> months. Um, so that instantly tells me, hey, you know, take take the sale if you can, and we'll see what happens with this. I mean, a ton of these cards through the, to, through the weekly auction on PWCC, they do get super hot as the extended bidding comes Um, on Sunday. So it's at 360 now, but I don't expect it to sell anywhere near that. The Giannis on Thursday was at like 2.3K and went for 23K. Um, I hope it sells around 3.5 to 5. Will it go higher? I mean, Simons plays tomorrow night against the Warriors on TNT. He drops another 30-plus point game. That's five straight games at nearly 30 points or more. And they win, potentially, because they're on a four-game winning streak. Then maybe it does sell for 5K or more. Uh, we'll see, though. They also play Nuggets on Sunday night that this closes, so there's plenty of opportunity for this card to hopefully get hotter. Um, that's not me telling you to go buy it, by the way. That's just saying I hope that the overall market respects Simons because I do think he can be a star. I'm just not willing to hold for two to three years because that's not really how it works with us. Uh, it's hard to hold multi-thousand-dollar cards in two to three years. I'll guarantee you that. But really excited, nonetheless, to see it sell. And we will be seeing it sell on Sunday night. Uh, extended bidding starts at 10 p.m. Eastern time, like I said. So please hop on, you know, pwccmarketplace.com, go to the weekly auction. It's absolutely free to bid. Um, well, I should say there's 20% buyer's premium, but just goes into your overall purchase price. And one more thing about the buyer's premium. We always say we bid with what the buyer's premium shows you it is at the time that you bid. So I can show you right now that's Anthony Simons Gold. Um, if we place a bid, it'll be 456. Every single time we bid, we compare our actual bid price with buyer's premium to the overall market value. And then it gives us, you know, what we know we can bid. Um, it's not a hidden fee. It's there. It's part of your bid. So uh, that's my thought process on it. it. Works out fine. So we'll see you all there on Sunday, starting 10 p.m. Eastern Time for the weekly auction number set uh, number six. And just last thing is, you do have to place all your qualifying bids before the extended bidding window starts. Otherwise, you cannot bid in that auction.
2: What is up, everybody? It's Zach from At Premier Soccer Investing coming at you with yet another Slap Socks FC YouTube video. Let's get into it. It's so another big week of Champions League action this week. First game we're going to look at is Villarreal versus Juventus. This game was played at Villarreal, and it finished in a 1-1 draw. And we must remember, away goals are a thing of the past in this year's version of the Champions League. So they will go into the second leg, in Turin, all level. This game was really – it peaked in the first minute, in my opinion, when Dusan Vlahovic scored a brilliant goal for Juventus, a long ball over the top. Great touch, held off the defender, and then on just the half turn without even looking at the goal, was able to slot it into the far corner. And it was really, it was a, it was an Erling Holland, Harry Kane, just pure striker finish type of goal. And I really have to say, I've been watching uh, a lot of Juventus recently since Flahovich came over, and I've been extremely impressed. He is looking like the second coming of Holland which is kind of funny to say since Holland is so young. But he, he is a very similar player, big, strong, powerful, great finisher, fast, has pretty good feet, can hold the ball up. And he's just he's just got that hunger that Holland does to score goals. And I think he's going to be a star for a long, long time. And the market is starting to recognize it too when it comes to his car prices. As we can see when looking at his 2019 Panini Chronicles, Rookie ticket, p- base, PSA 10. As you can see, though, this card is very, very undergraded at the moment for how big uh, Vlahovic, will be in the, Vlahovic will be in the next couple of years with only 16 total graded, 5.10s, 9.9s. Nine and this card sold for $430 in no- late November of 2021. And this is when he was not on Juventus and was on Fiorentina. And then he moved to Juventus this January in a 75 million euro deal. And his most recent sold, this was before the goal today against Villarreal, sold for $795 or yesterday, I should say, Tuesday. Sold for $795. And, look, he is already becoming the face of that Juventus team, especially with the ball out. McKenny getting hurt now, too, and will be out for, the while, for a while. The rest of Juventus' season hinges on his, his shoulders and just – The future is extremely bright for him. I expect a full season with Juventus. He'll be scoring 30 goals in the league, Champions League goals, all of that. And I think he's going to be a star in this game for a long, long time. So he's definitely one to watch moving forwards. Then the other game yesterday on Tuesday was Chelsea was playing Lille. And this game was really highlighted by the performances of two players, Kai Havertz, Scored in the eighth minute, and Christian Pulisic with goal a goal in the 63rd minute. Pulisic attempting a gritty after. Uh, wasn't a great gritty. Better than Jamie Carragher's, but not much better than that. Uh, but Havertz, Pulisic showing why Tycho should have him in the starting lineup every game. Havertz showing that Chelsea doesn't need Lukaku to score goals. Havertz was really looking back to his best, his Champions League final winning form in this one. And it's obviously been rough for Havertz investors since the Champions League finals. We can see this card peaked at $160 right around that point. Now it's down to $36.29. That's a 63% drop, down $62. This is Risk based PSA 9, by the way. But over the last two weeks, this card is up 11%, up $11. The card is rising in value. Havertz's performances are coming back though we have to recognize that this is a highly graded card. There's, I believe, five over 500 PSA 9s with this card and over a 1,000 PSA 10s, which is pretty highly, highly graded for the soccer card market. However, if Havertz his conti- con- performances on this upward trend, that places them in a good position, both as Chelsea continues to look to make a run in the Champions League and defend their title, and then with Germany at the World Cup at the end of the year. So, as we can see, Havertz does have a marker when he's playing well, so there is a lot of room for his cards to grow if he can continue to keep up the form performances that he did today and or yesterday, I should say, and he did look very, very good. He was creating chances all over the field, looked strong, fast, athletic, confident. If he can keep it up, his cards will rise in value. And then the first game we're going to be looking at in today's slate, was Ajax versus Ben Benfica. This was a very entertaining game to watch. Both teams were willing to attack. This game was in Benfica. Uh, Sebastian Allaire scored both an own goal and a goal, continuing his hold as the highest scorer in this year's Champions League, and I believe he's the highest scorer in the Eredivisie, the, the highest league in the Netherlands where Ajax plays too. Um, card-wise, this obviously wasn't the biggest game. However, IX does have one of the most highly touted rookies from the previous Champions League class in Ryan Gravenberge. And we can see from this that his market is down. As we're looking at his 2021 uh, Topps Chrome Sapphire Aqua. So this is numbered out of 150 PSA 10. This card sold for $510 in October 2021. And then just today, his... Sapphire PSA 9 out of 50 sold for $650. Since this, even though it was the uh, aqua was a 10 and the orange was a 9, there's really only I think there's only two graded oranges in existence and with it being out of 50 versus 150, the price discrepancy should have been higher if his market was up. However, it isn't and here's why he's a he's a quality player for sure. There's no doubt about that but he's a he's a eight. He's a number eight. He's a midfielder, a six or an eight that doesn't really score goals, that doesn't get too many assists. And so it's tough for those guys to have long-term huge marks. Because You even look at someone like Conte, he'll get, you know, the odd goal and assists here and there during the season. And he's widely recognized as one of the best in the world at what he does. And outside of his rookie rare rookie sticker PSA 10 and 9s, he really doesn't have much of a market. So just have to keep that in mind when investing in these young guys that play in those roles, like a Burch or even a Camavinga for Real Madrid, that there is – the ceiling is going to be a lot lower if the goals and assists are not following with their good performances unless the market matures at some point and comes to recognize the value in those players. Does that happen? Maybe. Is it going to happen soon? Probably not. Then the last game uh, – the day and the, probably the biggest game of this Champions League match week was Atletico Madrid versus Manchester United. Uh, Jao Felix scoring for Atletico and Anthony Elanga scoring for United. Felix putting in a, a man of the match performance in this one. He's looked the best I've seen him in months. Really confident on the ball today, running at the United defense. Scored a great diving header goal. Shades, shades of uh, Robin van Persie's goal uh in the World Cup against Spain. With this one clattering it in off the post. And Felix looked good. He looked confident for a change, which we have not seen in recent months in his performances in that Let It Go uh, Madrid shirt. Um, and as you can see from the last two weeks, or uh, excuse me, last month, his performances have been up. He had a confidence in this game because his performances in previous games have been pretty good with now two goals and two assists in his last four games in all competition. Is this a sign of a uh, Felix finally tapping into that otherworldly talent that that caused his hype to be so high in the card market and caused Atletico Madrid to spend so much money on him in the transfer market? It could be he needs he needs a strong end to the season, a strong few months left at Atletico, and then going into the huge round of qualifying matches with Portugal to make the World Cup. If they're going to make it, they're probably going to need him to put a performance like he did today. And if he's able to do so and Portugal makes the World Cup, there will be a lot of hype coming back in for Felix because there's a lot of people holding Felix cards that want to see him succeed and that know how talented he is and know what his market once was and what it could be again if he reaches the heights that he did earlier in his career. And as we can see right now, up almost $40, a 55% change in just a month. He's on that upward trajectory right now. And if you can keep it up, the big things are coming for him as a player and for his card market. And as always, all data, sales history, graphs, trends, all that great stuff coming courtesy of Card Ladder. That's going to do it for this week. Thanks for watching.
0: Thanks, everyone, for watching another weekly slab. This was number 12. Great discussion, I think, about all the different alternate sports and cards in the marketplace because it is more than just basketball, football, and baseball and soccer now. Uh 2021 proved us, if anything, that other categories can survive and thrive very well. So I'm very excited to see what happens in 2022. Nate, thanks again for joining me on another weekly slab. Uh makes it very enjoyable to be here, especially when you rant about fantasy teams every single week.
1: <laughs> I'm salty. I'm
0: salty. <laughs> uh and then the last thing is I'm gonna plug for Nate because we both forgot to do it. That digging corner is coming on Friday. Um, Nate, what's he gonna talk about?
1: Because I forgot about that. We are going to be talking about Fangraphs top 100 just came out today, so we will be discussing it. And I said, Awesome.
0: Awesome. We love to hear it. And also, uh, love to have you all for another weekly slab number 12. Please drop us a comment if you have any thoughts on the episode or want to give a take on any of the things we've talked about. Uh, if not, then we will see you all next week for the weekly slab number 13.